So what's good, y'all? What's an episode of Thoughts Pen and Podcast? It's your Shaw Solo back again, this time by myself. Um, not a little mini sode I'm gonna do, but before I get started, kind of start on a somber note. Not kind of, I am starting on a somber note for the most part. Um, it's been a good four mass shootings in the last two days, you know, in Milwaukee, Buffalo, which was a wild situation at the grocery store where 10 people were killed and three injured. Uh, Houston just happened today, um, two dead, three critically injured so far. And then Laguna Woods in California, I see one dead and five injured. Um, and that just happened within hours. You know, the Houston Laguna Woods situation has happened hours in between each other. It's almost like it's a consorted effort to have these like mass shootings. But I mean, on a bigger scale, it's just like shootings happen every single day. And I'm not saying that to try to desensitize or try and downplay because there's nothing to downplay when it comes to, you know, gun violence and stuff. But like I've said on this very first episode of this podcast, like until guns are, you know, stop being mass produced for the most part, it's going to continue to happen. And then, of course, with the way the economy is going, um, then you also you can't really account for people that's just, you know, off for the most part you know i know people try to say like you know not try to say but say like mental health is like a big deal which it is but at the same time there are a lot of people that are just flat out fucking maniacs man like you can't account for that people snap any moment you know the buffalo situation people black folk were just trying to you know go to the grocery store like you casually do like nobody thinks to i mean granted at least i'll speak for myself for me like and I go to the building. I'm, I was just raised to always, you know, know where the exits are at, you know, have an idea where the exits are at. You know, it's like where I sit down in the restaurant. My dad's always said, like, make sure you have your back to the wall. Unless somebody comes through the wall like a fucking superhero or some shit, like, you know, ain't nobody behind you, you know. So that's just the way I was raised. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm big on, you know, arm yourself. You know, people should do that. I agree. And the thing is, like, you can buy as many guns and bullets all you want, but... The thing is, when someone has to drop on you or, you know, when it's your time, it's your time, man. You can be strapped to the T. I see a lot of people talking about how they don't like gun laws in certain states. And it's like, what difference does it really make? A lot of these bammers be killing people with dirty guns, man. You know, like, and then on top of that, like, you can easily be outgunned. You can have somebody think dead to rights. Next thing you know, you might fuck around and get hit by a stray or whatever. So, man, like. I don't know. I just think it's this is just getting. I don't even say it's getting old. Like it's just it's redundant, man. It's crazy how this shit just continues to happen over and over and over. And it seems to me like it happens in masses with black folk. But that's a bigger conversation for another time. I'm definitely going to start, you know, talking to my guests a little bit more about this. But I just feel like a lot of this stuff is just systematically kind of set up, especially like well, social economically speaking, for the most part, you know. When there's areas where people are impoverished, for the most part, crime persists, you know, it's all based off location. You know, when people are, you know, the way things are going now, like I said, the last episode I did by myself about how the, for the most part, the cost of living is going up every year. So people are going to find ways to live, whether that's legally or legally, you know, but this situation in Buffalo that really stands out to me is just like, man, we can't, like black folk, we get killed for doing regular stuff from going to the grocery store going to a concert or whatever and it's just like come the fuck on dog and i mean we'll see how all this stuff develops and has this whole conversation again about gun laws and shit but it's all bullshit because you know for the most part a lot of these cities that you know it's illegal to have a gun without a permanent shit the crime still occurs so like i said man it's a bigger issue to try to resolve but you already know how that goes man so i'm not going to put too much stock into it 
Um, I guess I'll go ahead and just start with the penny thought of the week, which is actually a perfect segue. Uh, what makes more sense to like the listeners? Well, to y'all, well, uh, building wealth or building a community? And which triggered this question for me is because I remember seeing someone talking about how everyone was talking about you know the whole generational wealth thing and all that, which is great in theory. It's a lot of people that you know are able to accomplish that, and some aren't, you know, for whatever reason. But um, the the really good point that they made, and I'm probably this conversation. I have another guest on to try to get <clears throat> you know a different perspective. But for me, I really feel like building community helps more in the long run versus building wealth because. Building wealth in ways does build a community for the most part, you know, um, depending on, I guess, what's the, uh, what, not demographic, but what's the, uh, what's the business at hand or whatever, or the system at hand that's helped building that wealth, you know, um, for the most part, but building wealth is kind of like singular to me to a degree. If it's pertaining to a family, so to speak, or to, you know, a specific group of people, building a community I believe that helps way more than building wealth because that means everybody around you is chipping in to try to make sure everybody's straight. You know, like at least when I was raised, uh, like it was definitely a community for the most part. You know, uh, it's now like well, I'm originally from well, people overseas aren't going to know, but I'm from a rural part of Maryland, it's like not too far from uh, Washington D.C. Whatever, and like anytime something were to happen or you know like. Like my neighbors looked out for my my parents, my parents looked out for my neighbors, and vice versa. Like building a community goes bigger than just money and wealth. You know, I think it goes bigger into like opportunities with stuff like that. You know, seeing people that's like look like you and think like you as well. You know, so um, I really think building a community is way more worthwhile than building wealth because building wealth for yourself is great. It helps. Um, I would say one thing I definitely learned when reading. I had like a Forbes subscription a couple years ago because I was you know. I went to school for business. I used to be an all entrepreneurial spirit and all that stuff. Still land to a degree. But I remember this guy made a good point where he said, you know, most of the uh, the first generation creates the wealth. The second generation expands the wealth. And the third generation usually uh, depletes the wealth, which makes sense because the third generation, depending on how they're raised, they don't really have to persevere through much. You know, it's case by case scenario. So I can't say like I know about every intricate detail of people that have had generational wealth and how they expanded or whatever. But yeah, that makes sense. It's tough to maintain wealth over years. You know, things happen, you know, whether it's a financial situation or somebody in a family just decides to mess over the whole entire family. Like uh, for those that are into like documentaries and shit, like I am, it's a good documentary called The 1% and it kind of broke down like, you know, different families and things of that nature that kind of um, how they, you know, transfer their wealth over the years for the most part. Like I remember like Johnson Johnson, uh, at least in documentary. Granted, I don't know if they could remix it now, but they were talking about how they don't really let any of their uh, descendants or relatives like work in the company. They just get like a stipend for the most part. Uh, they do make them all go to college though, but they don't work within like Johnson and Johnson. It's just like like the Hiltons, you know, like the Hiltons. They don't their their relatives, their family for the most part don't really work with the hotel and the hotels and shit like that. They just you know probably find a way to maintain the business and keep it pushing forward. So you know it's really. Interesting to me. I know everybody's on this kick about how they hate capitalism or whatever. Well, not everybody, but some people are like, I can't say everybody because the internet's just the fucking internet. It's not the real world. I mean, you know, so, but, um, yeah, uh, for me, I would say building communities makes more sense and more sustainable to me. I mean, of course, building community takes time. I think the thing is like a lot of us have this thought that, you know, once we have a system in play, like, oh, we're going to be good to go for here on out. And it's like, no, this doesn't happen like overnight. 
you know, I know we live in like in a microwave society, but you gotta be patient with a lot of stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, I think building a community is way more feasible than building wealth, but you know, it can be hand in hand too. But like I said, I'll get into a bigger conversation about that, you know, when I have a guest or whatever. So, segue into some stuff that, well, some things that I thought were interesting. Uh, well, actually, I'll talk about Doctor Strange really quick since I'm gonna go see it uh, a weekend ago. Uh, it was pretty dope. You know, I'm not going to put no spoilers out there, which I don't understand if you haven't seen it yet. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but I understand everybody, you know, got other shit to do. But I thought it was pretty good without really spoiling it. Uh, it wasn't better than the first one, but it was darker than the first one. So I thought that was pretty dope. I like dark movies. Um, but uh, the way I can pretty much describe it without even spoiling anything, if you ever seen this movie called, I think it's Finding or oh, Losing Isaiah that came out back in 95 with... Uh, Holly, Holly Berry and Jessica Lange, basically, when Holly Berry lost her son while, you know, she was a drug addict or whatever. And then Jessica Lange, a.k.a. Margaret, had found her, uh, found her son and was raising her son. And Holly Berry won possession back of her son. <laughs> so uh, I would say that definitely describes Doctor Strange, uh, the multiverse, whatever, like because it has Wanda from WandaVision. And a lot of people keep telling that you need to go watch the TV show first. I'm going to tell you, for somebody that's watched the TV show before, you don't need to watch any of that shit. You kind of get the synopsis of who Wanda is within the first 20 minutes or so of the movie, man. So, I mean, if you want to watch WandaVision, cool. Um, same thing with, uh, it was another show on Marvel. I think they had, like, the What If, actually. Someone told me, like, yeah, you should watch What If before you go see uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse as well. No, you don't. You really don't. Like, you just be wasting your fucking time, bro. If anything... It, I guess it would kind of spoil it, but not really. But yeah, you don't really need to watch. There's, you know, you need to watch the first with Doctor Strange to go see this movie. Honestly, it's chronological, obviously, but you, it barely even touches on, you know, unless you want to get the background of who Doctor Strange is, or whatever. Cool, but yeah, but I, I highly recommend checking that movie out. You know, it was really good. Like thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else has transpired recently. I guess that I could rap about for a bit. Uh, well, one thing that was really interesting, which I'm um, interested to see how this continues to play out, uh, Apple actually has employees revolting against them to, you know, come back from a mandatory back to work policy or whatever. So basically, Apple, you know, they built that humongous campus uh, corporate for those that don't know. But Apple's corporate office or whatever is like got this gigantic. I think they probably put billions into it um, until that office that they made or whatever. And they're trying to get employees to come back. Which uh, I can understand because, you know, if you put, you know, you built this state-of-the-art uh, place for your employees to work at, you know, you want to see some ROI. You want to see some return on your income. So I can understand that where Apple's coming from. But I'm a person that I don't really care about what the businesses think. I'm always going to side with the people because I am people. So I, I feel like, you know, it should be optional because there is a uh a demographic of people that are pressed to go back to work for whatever reason i might going to say and try to play that guessing game with why people want to go back to work i damn sure don't you know i mean of course i'm still working but i work from home so but um yeah i can kind of get it some people probably like that you know hustle and bustle get away from their family or just not being you know by themselves you know like some people need to be around people sometimes and it's not a bad thing that they want to but 
I believe everybody should have that option to do what they want because at the end of the day, the money's still getting made. None of this isn't hurting your pockets at all, except for Apple because if they're paying a, um, a lease, you know, for the building or whatever, that's probably hitting their pockets. But you're the technically speaking, if you want to go off numbers and shit, they're like the biggest, most valuable company in the world right now. So, I mean, your pockets probably ain't hurting that fucking bad. Not to mention y'all always, y'all have monopolized your whole entire business structure to the point where, you know, we can't, <laughs> everything you got to get, if you got an Apple phone or an Apple, any Apple electronic, you got to buy everything off of them. You know, you can't do it like, you know, previously with the other older models of phones and stuff or electronics for the most part. So I don't want to hear that shit. Like y'all figure it out, dog. Give the employees some incentive to come back to work if that's the case. Cause it's gotten so bad to the point where a top executive actually quit, which I don't blame them, dog. Somebody else will pay you. If you don't want to do it, somebody else will. Somebody else will pay me, dog. But, uh, yeah, top Apple exec, uh, Ian Goodfellow rolled out. Shout out to you, Ian. Fuck that shit. Yeah, he said, I believe strongly that more flexibility would have been the best policy for my team. Basically told him, like, bro, I'm good where I'm at. Y'all done paid me enough, and somebody else will pay me because I already got Apple on my resume. You know, like, come on, son. So, nah, I don't blame him, dog. You can get paid somewhere else, man. It's not always about the money, too, but, you know, everybody's uh purpose is different. But I understand, dog. If you've been had me at home for the past two to three years, I don't need to come back. I'm already in my zone where I'm at with it. You know, those that want to come back, let them go back and do what the hell they want to do. But trying to enforce it, nah. One thing about it, which I think every person would agree with this, when you try to infringe on somebody wanting to uh, take away their will to do something, like if I don't have the free will to, well, everybody has free will, but that's another conversation. But you're taking, not taking away, but like making me feel like I don't have no other option. Like this is all I got. People are going to push back naturally. That's just human nature for the most part. You know, we see that with little kids, you know, when you tell them, like, hey, you got to take a nap and they start crying and get pissed off with you. Cause like, I don't want to take a nap right now. Like I'm fine. I'm up. Like I'll be all right. But you know, parents for the most part, or the guardian has to let them know, like, bro, if you don't take this nap, you're going to be cranky all day. Like, and plus, I need to get some rest myself. So, yeah, go ahead and take a nap. You'll be all right. But, you know, the same, that's just human nature, pretty much, to bring it all back together. Like, people don't feel like we take away the options for shit, bro. They're going to push back and be like, you know, go to hell. So, I want to see how this continues to play out because I really feel like when these corporations make moves, it sets a precedence for the rest of the nation or the rest of the world or whoever's watching for the most part. Because if it's happening there, it's happening somewhere else, too. So, I'm hoping Apple employees go ahead and keep their foot down like, bruh, y'all are good, you know. I think a bigger conversation a little bit, though, is where commercial real estate is going to end up going. I think that's going to take a hit for a bit Um, if a lot of corporations are trying to force people to come back. Granted, it's going to be people out there that's going to want to, um, you know, probably lay some of their employees off or whatever, which going to hurt them in the long run because you got to hire new people and train them. That's going to come take some time to, you know get you some return on your investment or whatever. So we'll see how it plays. But I just think it's really interesting how a lot of these tech companies and startups always have like, you know, like uh, a cult-like model for work, which basically turns the workplace into like a college campus. <laughs> like, you know, like they say, oh, you know, you want to come to the, um, we have like corporate lunches, we have corporate happy hour, you know, uh, we have, you know, the gaming systems here, you know, we have like a meditation room, you know, when work gets too hectic for you. And I don't know if anybody ever realized that. Even if you haven't been to college, if you're listening, I mean, or university, I know I got some uh, listeners across the globe. But yeah, you know, like, they, they kind of find ways to keep you guys working and keep y'all there so y'all can produce more money for them, you know, which 
I mean, if y'all cool with it, cool. I mean, y'all like I love it. I don't really see a problem with it either. I just know for me, because I have worked in environments like that. Bruh, I take my lunch. I have to take that lunch and do my little, you know, four hours afterwards or whatever, or five hours. I'm gone. I'm not staying for shit. I'm not staying to play no games. I don't really care about none of them corporate uh, parties or whatever. I mean, of course, I'll probably pull up for a party here and there. If y'all are paying for, like, you know, the food or whatever, it's catered. I'll probably stay for a bit and rap for a bit. But, man, that stuff doesn't really um impress me that much, for real. Like, it's life outside of work for me. Some people, that's, like, their whole MO. Especially, like, if you live in the D.C. metropolitan area, y'all already know. Anytime y'all go out, people always ask you that famous question. So, what do you do for a living? What do you do for work? And then, you know, the whole, I guess they use that as a way to try to size you up for how they're going to respect you or how they're going to approach you. I always just I do my best. And y'all figure it out from there, cause I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to try to have a pissing contest with a stranger and prove what. So, um, yeah, um, we'll see how this plays out. Like I said, I'm really interested to see how this continues to go. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing, you know, Apple bending a bit. So the rest of these corporations, these other companies start saying, Hey guys, it's up to y'all. Let's try to find a, a happy medium here so we can keep the ball rolling. Um, but of course that's just, uh, idealistic. Of course, there's going to probably be some more setbacks with this shit, but whatever. Well, actually, since we already talked about corporate real estate a little bit, there's something I saw the other day about renters are actually trying to, not trying to, they're starting bidding wars to rent out places, which is wild as fuck to me. Like, I never thought in my whole life somebody would be bidding to pay more rent. So someone said, uh, her name is Carrie Barger. Let me give her her proper dues. Um. I wrote an article in Wall Street Journal saying, Bidding wars are breaking out among renters and the most sought-after neighborhoods. Tenants offer anywhere from 200 and 500 above the monthly asking rent, while some agree to pay one year's rent in advance. Uh, like, to me, I really think this... Uh, oh, actually, this is in Miami. Uh, yeah, Miami locals are steamed over relocating New Yorkers driving up apartment prices. Uh, apartment rents have soared 58% of Miami area over the past two years, and in some cases doubled over the last year. I'd be heated too. And you know, uh, this is just, I guess, signs of the times, I guess. I've never seen in my 30 years of life, uh, people bidding to pay more rent. Like, y'all just see it as a joke on Twitter sometimes. Like, man, I told my landlord to increase my rent because that's how hard I'm grinding out here. <laughs> but <laughs> this is sick. Like, that's wild as hell to me. But I mean, anything to, Stay in the place of your preference, you know. I'm not going to try to sit here and judge, but I just think that shit goofy as fuck. Like, I'm not about to try to outbid you for rent. Like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, everybody's MO is different. But for me, nah, that doesn't make sense. I just think it kind of sets a dangerous precedence because if it's happening in Miami, I'm sure it's happening in Texas. Because a lot of people from California moved from to Texas and uh Arizona, you know, because of... Wild ass taxes in California or whatever. So I think it's going to end up becoming a national issue at some point. But we'll see. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I'm just guesstimating here. But I just think that's interesting that people are actually pressed to try to outbid each other to pay rent. Like, even, I mean, I even think it's new if you're trying to outbid it. Well, I guess we really want a house that's different. You're trying to raise your family there. Rent too. I mean, I don't know. That's just wild to me, son. I, I wouldn't dare. Never in my life I told like a landlord, hey man, go ahead and I get extra five hundred if I can stay here. Like, nah, fuck out of here, bro. Like, but I mean, if you got it, you got it, right? Don't really make a difference to you. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that develops going on in the later months. Uh, let's see. 
I'll probably jump into like maybe like two more topics, some shit that's really not going to matter. Uh, one, uh, well, should I talk about the Kendrick album a little bit? I'll talk about Kendrick album a little bit before I get to these two topics that aren't really going to matter by the time I finish listening to this episode, <laughs> at least to me. Um, the Kendrick Lamar album was pretty good. Um, I think it was more so Kendrick makes music that's more so to me like conversation pieces. Um, and time pieces as well, even though time pieces a watch, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, because I've seen a lot of people, I don't know, everybody interprets music differently and digests music differently. So I guess they were looking for, you know, more like the street type, not street type, but slight thought provoking rap. So trying to get through like, you know, life basically of, you know, whether from a street perspective or, uh, any other perspective, because that's one of Kendrick's talents. He knows how to rap from the different perspectives of people, you know? So uh, I guess people were probably looking for, like, some more, I don't know, more upbeat music? But, I mean, that's never really been Kendrick's thing for the most part, if at least um, to me. You know, don't get me wrong. He could, you know, make a hit here and there or something good for the club or for the TV and shit like that. But that's never really been his thing, man. Like, And that's what speaks to his greatness as an artist, you know, to his artistry. I know a lot of people like to do the whole comparison with him and drake and cole and it's just like those guys are good at what they do you never notice like for the most part from their previous albums they just build off what they did already you know they don't really change their formulas too much which is a good thing i mean that change they don't change that much but it's not the same to the point where it's monotonous where it's like dance like his last album you know for the most part like you know um i guess a lot of people are debating about how like record sales which i think is just a stupid ass debate to have in itself because how, how does that affect you it doesn't like Listen to the music, buy it, stream it, whatever the fuck you do. Call it a day, son. Like, arguing about Bama's, you know, projected record sales has always been funny to me because if you're not the label or have some kind of investment in it, it's really not a conversation worth having. Unless, you know, because like I always tell people to try to come with the music debate with me about shit. I was like, yo, my ears can't hear record sales, bro. I can all I hear is the music. Like, I don't care if they went double platinum or triple uranium or whatever like I, I don't care if the music's cool i'm gonna listen to it if it's trash i won't hear it again you know or i might just throw like a couple songs on the playlist because that's pretty much where we're at now with a lot of to me a lot of albums might have three two to three good songs throw on the playlist and hear it again another day or songs i listen to while i'm cleaning up but anyways that's deviating from the point the kendrick album is really good to me um it just uh like i said it speaks to artistry and kind of delves into like you know different ways of relationship uh what else did he talk about in that joint it was so much it's kind of hard to unpack all of it but for the most part if you're into thought-provoking perspective raps then i mean i think that's the album for you of course it's going to listen to it for it to you know try to get an idea of what he's talking about but some people always try to pull that bullshit where it's like man you don't understand because you don't have the man though like i said everybody's perspective of music and ears are different so you don't have to have a certain tar- level of intelligence I mean, if you really want to get that deep into it, go look up the lyrics and read it, you know, then interpret it however you want to interpret it. But that shit is just so clownish, man. But I mean, I guess everybody likes to protect their favorite artist by any means, but I don't. I don't try to cape for nobody, dog. Like, people feel how they feel. Like, my all-time favorite artist is, like, Sade. Like, some people call her boring. I'm like, well, that's what you think, bro. I don't give a fuck. Like, her music has been great to me, you know. And yeah, I'm not going to debate. Like, your opinion's your opinion, bro. Have at it. Nobody give a fuck for real. Uh, so, yeah, uh, let's see. I'll go ahead and drop these last two topics that really weren't all that big of a deal to me. Uh, what's my man? Well, he's not my man's. Somebody's man's got caught scamming again. 
God dang, I can't think of this Bama's name, though. His brother, Sean King. There we go. Yeah, so apparently he had created some clothing. Uh, I guess, a, yeah, here it is. A uh, young by the name of The Ashley Ray on Twitter said, Hello, it's been eight months since Sean King launched the private clothing line that sold $165 hoodies. There hasn't been an update since October. The entire Instagram has been deleted, and the last existing comments were people saying they still haven't gotten their orders. I'm going to be brief. All I'm going to just say is, dog, I don't understand how you guys continue to support motherfuckers. That's, if you heard from other people that it's a fire down the street, why are y'all going down to the street to go see the fire? Like, stay away. I don't, I don't get it. Like, this doesn't make sense to me, son. We've already heard plenty of times before how Slim has went off with the money and did whatever for all these different causes. And I understand everybody... At least for me, I always go charge it to my heart. Like I gave you this money towards from my heart because I thought I was supporting a good cause or supporting somebody. God damn y'all motherfuckers don't like y'all don't take anything into account, man. Like granted, once you give somebody the money, it's no longer yours, you know, but you know, and I also feel you should not be giving away any money that you don't feel comfortable with giving away or paying for. But for this person that we've heard Thousands of the testimonials, man. I understand y'all want to support good causes and shit, but do your due diligence. Nothing but a Google search away, dog. Like, you can support in other ways, but whatever. I just think this is just, this is goofy, man. I, I, I don't get it. Why do y'all keep doing this shit to yourselves, man? And then go viral off of it. This is just dumb. Like, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to read where some. Okay. Oh, okay. According to Ashley, Sean King had blocked her on Instagram and his main account and all his side, side accounts. I guess he has side accounts too. I know people do that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> but this is just, this is just goofy, man. I, I don't get it at this point. I really don't. Like, I think some, like, like Mario said, I just don't get it. Do you enjoy being hurt? Cause what the fuck, bro? Stop supporting motherfuckers that be out here. Run off on your community like that, dog. Or you already have an idea. And anytime something seems too good to be true, it usually is. And that goes in all facets of life. Dating, jobs, you know, everything. Like, come on, man. Y'all got to be smarter than this. Y'all are too intelligent out here. It's too much information at your fingertips to be falling for stupid shit like this, man. But like I said, by the time I finish this episode, y'all going to forget I even talked about that. Uh, one of the last things I want to write about real quick before I get up out of here. Uh, Jack Harlow not knowing that Ray J and Brandy were related. Um, I mean, man, who really gives a fuck? If y'all don't really understand how this whole thing is going now, at least to me, when it comes to Jack Harlow, son just does stuff and his team pushes stuff to keep y'all talking about him. I feel goofy talking about him right now, honestly, but I just wanted to get that out there. Who cares, man? Like, he's not of, you know, he may have been obviously raised in a different demographic of shit. Just because somebody plays music that you like or music and samples music or raps, oh, I should say rap over music that's sampled that you like, doesn't mean they understand your fucking, your, your culture, or understand the music. Like, I think one of the most interesting things I remember hearing a long time ago when, uh, Tory Lanez rapped over the uh, Brownstone, If You Love Me beat. He didn't even know who Brownstone was. He's from Canada, so I kind of get that. But the bigger point, the reason why I brought that up is because, like, um, 
art the way artistry is now and music is now, at least for me, I'm a bit of a music buff. Uh, I study samples. Like I was one of those kids that used to be pressed to go to um, Best Buy on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesdays for $10 albums or whatever. I buy physical albums, read the notes and see like who produced the song, who wrote on the song, all that kind of shit to get an idea. Like, okay, that's just how I am. And even now, since, you know, buying CDs is kind of archaic now for whatever reason, um, like I'll still go Google to see it. If I hear a sample or something, I'm like, wow, I wonder what this sample is. And I go look up the sample and then I'm like, okay, this artist is cool. And that puts me on to that other artist or whatever. So. Um, yeah, that's how I look at it. I mean, I guess some people like to fight, like, you know, have these dumbass straw man arguments with people on the internet. I, I just don't, I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, I've been doing this internet shit since I was like 13 years old. Like, I'm going on 31 next month. I, I don't really care to try to, you know, have these fucking diatribes about shit, man. It's all minuscule, but whatever. Um, but yeah, if y'all don't like that, you know, the fact that he didn't know who Brandy was or Brandy's and Ray being related. Take it up with God, man. Like, <laughs> uh, there's so many bigger things, issues going on right now to be tripping off some stupid meniscal shit like that. So it's just fucking clownery to me. Like, y'all heard at the top of that podcast, I was talking about the gun violence going on out here. So fuck out of here, son. You know, go outside and touch some grass. That's what I did this weekend. I touched a lot of grass and it was great. Not literally, but yeah. Like, go outside, man. Get off the computer. Put your phone down. Even for half an hour a day. Just do that, man. And I promise you, you'll understand, realize, like, yo, it ain't that serious, man. Like, put your time towards doing some other shit. Be constructive, man. Like, you know, if I wanted, you know, go out with your friends and happy hour, whatever, do that shit. Just do something else to get you off the, like, off the screens, off the monitor. You know, like, it's important, man. Cause if you don't, you just kind of like, I wouldn't say setting yourself back, but you just kind of like, you just, you're just existing. You're not living. You're not living life for real, bruh. So, you know, stop sweating the small stuff, man. I mean, this is coming from the body. used to sweat the small stuff a lot. <laughs> Listen to my older episodes. Y'all probably like, yo, this nigga's tripping. But, yeah. But anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Y'all already know you can find me. Thoughts Pending with no G on Twitter. Thoughts Pending Pod on Instagram. Um, Shadow Solo on, on Twitter. Shadow Solo on Instagram. I appreciate all the listeners. Also, big shout out to Ashley. Um... She definitely reposted the podcast, which I was just very appreciative and happy to see because she's like, it's a good show. And I'm like, wow, great. It's nice to have somebody give you some feedback, you know, even if it's just one, you know, that's fine with me, you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely tell your friends and family, check the show out if y'all like it or if y'all want to hear me talk about other stuff. Um, yeah, just just holler at your boy. I'm out here. Um, also, I will tell y'all in advance now, I'm not going to keep doing this every week. Only reason why I'm doing this now is because when my birthday month hits in June. Yeah, I'm not probably going to be recording that often. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Like like I just said, go out and touch grass, man. So, yeah. But anyway, that's all our time. To the, well, it's all my time. Till next time, I'm out. Peace.